Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ten of the program. Okay, so in the group today, talking about all the reasons your weight can be up that have nothing to do with real weight gain. Also talking about what real weight loss looks like. That's such an important conversation because the diet industry you know, likes to talk about the before, the after, eat less, exercise more. It's as simple as that. If you're new to the program, you're going to come to find out there's this whole messy middle part. Also, you know, you've been taught that if the scale goes up, you've gained real weight. If you're on a plateau, it means that it's no longer working for you. Everyone's after a quick fix. And the reality is, is that it is normal for your weight to go up and to fluctuate for so many reasons. Um, especially when you're weighing yourself every single day, you're going to catch that after you lose your weight, your weight is going to continue to fluctuate. It's just normal. Salty food, weight up, hard to digest food, like a steak, weight, not a reason to not eat it, weight up. Your your body being sore, muscles being sore from doing a workout, weight up. Being tired, weight up. Dehydrated, weight up. Stressed out, weight up. So many reasons why your weight will be up throughout the process while you are trying to get it to move down. So we really need to normalize that. Same thing with um, plateaus. You need to really normalize, embrace, you want and need plateaus to plateaus are your body taking time to adjust to your new weight? This is something no one talks about. People don't think about when you lose a lot of weight, especially when you want to lose a lot of weight, your body has to adjust to that weight that's being lost. Your body is releasing fat. It's factored in the size of your body and how it works. Your hormones, for example, your body temperature. And a lot of you will notice as you lose weight, um, you'll get cold. You'll be like, what's going on? Well, your body's releasing fat, something it uses for insulation and to regulate body temperature. The size of your heart. Think about this. Your heart is a muscle and people take blood pressure medication to, to ensure that even though their, their heart is working so hard that it doesn't, they don't have an enlarged heart and the heart grows too big, which isn't healthy for you. So your, your heart, the size of your heart grows to sustain the size of your body. So when the size of your body is changing, the size of your heart needs to adjust, you know? So, so when we talk about set point, which is what we're doing on the program here is first of all, we're, are addressing why the body's feeling the need to store fat. So that's the first part of the program, then specifically help it focus on fat loss, make that a priority, and then support the body and its needs in the ends because it's going to get to a place where it doesn't want the fat any more than you do. And this is where you, where if you're a returning member, you have the advantage on this because you've already addressed that, right? So so now you, what you're doing is providing the platform for the body to really start focusing on fat loss. Um, but also we're working on increasing your metabolism. And and what I, we don't mean like boosting your metabolism. What we mean is helping your body work at the most optimal levels. And when it's working at the more, most optimal levels, it's using optimal energy. It's giving you all the energy that you need. A lot of you, when you came into this process, your body had you on reserve mode. Your metabolism's really low. You had lots of energy in you. Your body's just not allowing you access to 
do it. And this is where sort of exercise, you love the idea of moving and exercise, but then when it comes to doing it, your body's like, yeah, sit your ass down. You know what I mean? That's where you'll start to immediately start to feel like you have more energy. Yes, you'll have moments and bouts of where you're tired and your body's in detox and when it's focused on you know, doing other things. But for the most part, you should definitely feel an increase in energy. And that's just like the rate at which your body works. And we know now that your metabolism doesn't decrease as you get older, but it decreases because of things that you do. High stress, lack of sleep, long periods of time without eating, you know, constantly dieting, constantly, you know, dipping into your emergency energy reserves. And the other thing that we're doing is lowering your set point. So as you're releasing fat in a healthy way, you are allowing your body time to adjust to your new weight. This is why you need the time. As much as you want a quick fix, you the more time you can put into this process, the more you're going to solidify your weight, the more chance you have of actually maintaining your weight. So lowering your set point. Your set point is the weight that your body has adjusted everything around. You're at the size of your heart, your body temperature, your hormones, your blood flow, your mental all of it around that certain weight. And it's not one weight, it's kind of a range of weight. And this is where many times you will lose the weight real quick, gain it all back without like like doing anything. You feel like you gain that weight back or you lose some, lose some weight. You can't get past a certain point. You're just like you can get past, like you can, you can lose that first 10 pounds and you can't get past a certain point because chances are that's like that, the, the, you know, the end range of your set point. Your body's like, ah, nope, this is where we like it, you know, and doesn't mean that that's where you're, you're, you're healthiest. It's just that that's what your body's gotten used to. So you, you want to look, you want to release the fat right? Allow the body to indulge in some plateaus, give the body time to adjust to your new weight. No, it's not a matter of you sit there knitting sweaters while your body's you know, deciding to take all the time it needs to solidify your weight. We're going to talk about things that you can do, maximize to kind of hurry that process along as much as possible, but you want to need plateaus. And so today, take a look. If you have the luxury of having access to the information, I say that because a lot of people didn't get into the program. Um, we've now shut down and sold out. So a lot of people will follow along with the book and the podcast. But if you have the book, make sure you check out those posts. If you have the luxury of seeing those graphs that we've attached to them, and I love that our members are adding their own graphs because those graphs that I use in that uh, what weight loss really looks like post is real members graphs. And as you can see, some of our returning members are actually showing what their graphs look like. So weight loss is never a straight line down. It's normal for your weight to go up before it drops. That's just your body retaining water in order to release the fat. That's that's really what it is. And if you've had a menstrual cycle, you, when your body releases fat, chances are it feels like PMS to you. You, you. you get a little hungrier. That's your body craving carbs and sugar. It's really looking for water. Your weight goes up. You feel kind of bloated right before you get your period. That's your body retaining water because it's about to detox, right? So so your body detoxes when you have your menstrual cycle. It detoxes when you have like, you know, food poisoning. It, it detoxes when when you um, and you have a cold or flu and virus, and it's detoxing every single day in little mini ways. So we're piggybacking that same process, and the body releases that fat when you pee, when you poo, when you breathe, and when you sweat. So right before your body's about to release that fat, your body will retain water in order to do that. That will have your weight up. And then it's normal once your weight starts to drop for it to go right back up again. It doesn't mean that your body's done dropping. It just means it's retaining more water. This is why when you see that initial drop on the scale, you want to make sure you stay on top of drinking your water because for whatever reason, whenever you're in detox, water isn't as as appealing. So if you find that water's not appealing and your scale is moving, make an effort to actually get it in because that's going to keep the scale moving. We're going to talk about supporting the body in detox uh, in the in the days and weeks to come. 
things that you need to keep in mind when that scale starts to move. So it's normal for it to go up before it drops. It's normal for it to go back up again as it's still dropping. That's where you want to stay on the wa- stay on the water. And then after you hit that new low, it's normal for it to go up, back up a little bit. Maybe you'll stay on a plateau and then you go back down to that new low and then you'll keep dropping again. That is very normal. Um, and we have to really normalize that because a lot of times people get so frustrated over those ups and downs on the scale that it actually stops you from following through or it makes you think you're doing something wrong or it makes you think it's not working for you when it's actually just so normal. And there's nothing you can do to stop fluctuations on the scale because that's how normal it is. So um, if you have the luxury of checking out both those posts today, please make sure that you do so because honestly, they're going to be a game changer. The sooner you can wrap your head around that the, the, the scale is going to fluctuate, that's normal for it to go up after it goes down. After it goes down, it's going to go back up. doesn't mean that you've gained the weight back. Also really important to watch your verbiage and the language that you're using. You know, when the scale goes up, you didn't gain weight. Like say, you know, on the weekend, you indulge, whatever, and you get back on Monday. You 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 can't say things like, oh, I gained all my weight back on the weekend. No, you didn't. No, you, you didn't gain anything back. Like losing weight is much... is. It's, it's a lot harder than you think. I mean, meaning that, you know, when your body releases that fat, it just doesn't gain it all back that quickly because gaining weight is a lot harder than you think. In fact, it's a lot harder to actually gain weight than it is to lose weight. I've actually helped people in the past gain weight. I don't do it anymore. It's so frustrating. It is so hard, but, but because we're taught to perceive those little ups in the scales or gains, our gains, we think that we're gaining like Weight Watchers and their lifetime membership really did a number on people you know, where you had to like maintain your weight within a, when a, within a, a few pounds. And if you didn't, you went above that, you would lose your lifetime membership. The reality is, is that you can have an amazing week. And if you weigh yourself once a week on that Friday and the night before you had some salty food, maybe you did a workout, you know, maybe you didn't drink as much water, your weight could easily be up four or five pounds. And then you lose your lifetime membership because, you know, people are telling you that's real weight gain when it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like my weight fluctuates upwards of about 10 pounds just because of life hormones throughout the month. You know, it's, and that's just normal. Some people have, you know, bigger, bigger fluctuations. Some people have less fluctuations, but everybody's weight fluctuates. All right. Let's get into your questions. Uh, working on breaking my past, my adult set point, almost all my life is where my body's had trouble busting through it, but I'm working on leveling up in another way that I will share when I'm comfortable that I'm succeeding with that new goal. Yeah. So, you know, talk about set point. We do have, um, we have a science post. We have a science uh, guide for pretty much everything we're doing on the program. That's why I love the science guide is that it talks about the program and process more in depth with where you are at throughout the program and the process, which is really cool. Um, the science guide is in the app. It's also in the book. And of course, we'll be rolling out that information. So it's a great idea, especially to read that one on set point. Good morning. Good morning. Trying to watch the live on my work computer with my headphones. No one bothers me. I think I'm on a work call, but for some reason, the comments aren't working on this version. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> I will add to that though. Um, Facebook can be frustrating and glitchy for a variety of reasons. I've learned just to kind of be Zen about it. They're always like switching things up or things don't work. And you know, it's not, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect. Although we've been able to help thousands and thousands and thousands of people, uh, lose weight with Facebook. So try to have patience. Um, make sure you are, if you're on a phone updating your app, your, your not only just our living method app, you got to make sure you're updating our app if you're using it because literally 
we're always making changes to it because we're like always leveling up, leveling up, adding this, adding that, um, always leveling up. So if you're having, if you're finding your app is a little glitchy, make sure you are updating your app, but also make sure you're updating your Facebook app as well. Going to be 28 degrees here today in central Alberta. So it shouldn't be too hard to get the water. And I love that. I love that. So a couple of things we're going to talk about this transition this time of year. I know this may be seem a little off topic, but menstrual cycles. So there are two times a year where your body kind of recalibrates. There is something to be said about winter time, your body being in hibernation mode, uh, vitamin D levels dropping, you know, shorter, darker days. And then as the days get longer and the temperature rises, rises, your body needs to make adjustments to that. And so it is normal during, you know, the spring and the fall that your, your menstrual cycle, you may not pay, have paid attention to it, but because you are paying so much attention to your body, you might notice it that your menstrual cycle will come early. It'll come late and I'll come double up. Lucky me, mine came early and it's still here and it's doubling up. Um, so that is totally normal just in general, but also with the program. And we do have a post coming out, uh, on this as well. Um, tomorrow, <laughs> we have a post coming out on this tomorrow. Um, it is normal, um, for your menstrual cycles to get a little messed up as your body's making changes. Um, so that's not unusual for it to come late, for it to come early, for it to double up and for it to come back. It is normal for it to come back as well if you haven't had it for a while. And that we, we give you a heads up on that because it happens, it happens so often that it is kind of normal with this process. Although if you feel like if something is off, definitely check in with your doctor. Also this time of year. So your body will be regulating your body temperature. And usually it kind of takes a, the first couple like heat waves in order for the body to kind of, you know, regulate. So you may find yourself kind of like extra overheated the first time that it's really, really hot. And a lot of women start freak out because it's hormones and sweating and it's all of that kind of stuff. Also, when it comes to hormones and hot flashes as well, when you're in detox, you may notice that they're a bit exaggerated, but for the most part, you should also notice that they get a lot better as well. So just a little side topic on that. Uh, I ate the same thing every breakfast for the past year. Hubby suggested I change it up and actually got my scale moving. He's a real Gina fan listening nearby. Hi, Patty. Yeah, so, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in what you like and what you love and be really resistant to change and what's easy. Um, you really want to think most bang for your buck. And, you know, you don't have to get a huge variety in your foods that as much as like, it's good to make sure you're getting all the components you need, proteins, carbs, healthy fats, and whatnot. You, you, you don't really need to eat the rainbow of foods. You don't need foods from all over the world. Um, you know, it's great that we have access to these foods all over the world, but you don't necessarily need that, but you do want to think most bang for your buck when it comes to the foods that you're eating, you know? So it is a great idea to kind of switch up. Like for example, fruit, fruit snack. And this is if you're new to the program, just bear with me. But if you're a returning member, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't just like when it comes to your fruit snack every day, don't just choose like, you know, yesterday I had a banana. So today I'll have an apple. You know, what we're going to do is get even, we're going to get in tune to our portions by paying attention and bringing awareness to what we are eating and when and how we're feeling and asking these four questions and whatnot. How do we feel before we eat something? How do we feel while eating? How did we know when we're done? How do we feel when we walk away? But when I talk about how your body will tell you when to eat, right? I'm hungry. I need to eat now. What to eat, right? And that, that'll get really specific. You know how when you want a steak, you're like, you, yeah, like you just go buy a steak. You know what I mean? When you want a steak, you're just like, I want a steak. 
Um, you know, or you want a salad. I want a nice, you know, clean salad. If you can feel it, right? Like your body knows what it needs. We just got to pay attention to it. And a lot of times we don't because we're so disconnected. So this is a big part of getting in tune as well. And then of course, how much to eat? Your, your body should be able to tell you should be able to look at food before you even eat it and know if it's going to be too much or not enough or just right or any of those things. So when it comes to your fruit snack, don't just kind of like randomly grab a fruit. Ask yourself like of the fruit that I have available today, what is most appealing to me? right? Like what, what do I feel like? Do I feel like an apple? Do I feel like a pear? Do I feel like a banana? Do I feel like raspberries, raspberries? I feel like raspberries, right? So if you have the luxury of choosing from a variety of different foods, try doing that and get out of your head. You're not going to, it's not in your hands, it's in your belly. It's out in your belly and it's in your body and kind of just pay attention, listen to those visceral reactions. Now you may not get anything, but you will trust me. And so the same thing goes with your breakfast, right? So, you know, is, is, are you, is your breakfast actually appealing or is it just because you eat the same thing every day and it's what's easy? So try to be in tune to what is most appealing for you. And if it's carbs and sugar, it's, you're not really, the body has no real need to, to crave sugar. So if you're craving sugar, it's because you probably need more water, right? Um, say, do I want eggs? Do I want oatmeal? Do I want cereal? And if you have the luxury of taking time to prepare something more specific to you, do you know what I mean? Then then do that. Maybe it's fish. Maybe you open up your fridge and you had like this great fish last night and you're like, wow, and the fish seems like it's would be appealing for, for breakfast, you know? So try to take it a step further and turn up that internal volume and just be a little bit, practice being a little bit more and, and have fun with it practice being a little bit more in tune with what your body's actually, you know, what is appealing to your body and then also maximize your efforts. What's going to give you the most bang for your buck for your breakfast, obviously, right? So it's a great idea to switch that up. But my point is you don't have to do big sweeping changes, but you can just switch up the kind of fruit, switch up the kind of vegetables that you're using, switch up the kinds of proteins. Like maybe you're not big on plant protein, but it can be a great idea to get some plant protein added into the mix. Some people do really well on, on meat protein. People, some people not so much, but you can kind of do a combination and figure out what really works best for you, you know? Um, I'm so good with following a food plan, water, uh, moving, but sleep is my struggle. Not enough hours in the day. Someone teach me how to nap. Um, so we're actually going to talk to a sleep expert, Alana McGinn. She's coming. Uh, we had some cool experts. We're adding some new experts to the mix too, at uh, this group, which I'm really excited about. We have this great psychologist coming on. Um, and one of the areas that she talks about is sleep and, and she, she works in it is sleep and not like how, not like good sleep hygiene, like Alana, we're going to have that conversation, but how not getting enough sleep affects you and how you're feeling and the choices that you're making and whatnot as well, which is really cool. Um, I was really resistant to, so I always had crappy sleeps, like, like crappy sleep. And I, you know, just thought it was hormones or whatever, or, you know, all these things. And I wasn't, you know, I was told like, take your TV out of your room. Like I used to have my office in my bedroom. Um, and, um, I didn't listen. I just thought it was all horse shit. Like whatever I got this, do you know what I mean? And when uh, we first started having sleep experts on, I actually took it to heart and I moved my office, uh, out of my bedroom and now down to where my, in my basement where it is now. And I didn't really realize the difference it made until I walked into my bedroom and my office wasn't there and it just felt different. And there is something to be said about new routines. And I just want to say that I was really resistant to making some of the changes that seemed so simple. 
And then when you do make them, they, they really do make a big difference. I'm um, just kind of cleaning up your sleep environment, practicing good sleep hygiene, having a routine before bed. I, one of the things I'm doing now is trying to get outside and get some more light, um, or earlier in the morning. So, you know, I'll go outside, sit in my backyard for just a few minutes and try to get that sunlight, um, that kind of triggers that I'm awake and, you know, and it gets that circadian rhythm going so that, you know, when it gets dark out, my body's really wired to that. So, so definitely, um, tune into our our sleep expert conversations. There's some really good tidbits in there. You know, things like, you know, if you can't sleep at night, you don't want to just continue to lie in your bed. You actually want to get up. And you think sometimes it's about going to bed early. It's not. It's not it's not actually a good idea to go to bed early if you're not tired. So so I learned a lot of really cool tidbits. Um plus just obviously whenever I'm drinking my water and taking my supplements and moving my body, like it really adds up and makes a big difference in sleep as well. So I know a lot of people struggle with sleep and you may not be able to get more sleep. Like it, talk about hours in the day. You may be like, well, I can't get any more than five or six. It's impossible for me. But what you can do is work on the quality of your sleep, that deep sleep, that REM sleep. That's when your body repairs and rebuilds and makes change. A lot of people are sleeping long hours, but they're waking up and not feeling refreshed, right? They're not, they're not feeling like they actually got to sleep. You don't necessarily, it's not about more sleep. It's about the quality of sleep that you're getting. This is the number one reason why I suggest you don't eat after dinner dinner, believe it or not. It has nothing to do with calories, anything like that. If you can catch the feels of how you're going to feel when you don't eat at night and you allow your body to simply focus on sleep rather than digestion and you allow that natural wind down process, it's amazing how much better you feel the next day. Your mind is less foggy. You have better energy. You feel a lot, lot, lot less bloated. Your, your body's actually able to catch up, repair and rebuild, regenerate, rejuvenate, and more importantly, make change. So sleep is going to be a massive part of the conversation for sure. First program, hi Liz, uh, in the fall, lost 25 pounds, second round plateau, second week of third program, starting to lose again, almost two kilograms, hopefully doesn't send me into a long ass plateau. Yeah. So you're going to hear people are at a variety of different stages and, and phases. Everyone's everyone's uh, journey is a little different. Um, you know, some people might, you know, really struggle first time around, not lose any weight and then crush it and lose 40 pounds the second time around. And they come back and the next time around lose 10, next time around lose 20. Um, some people lose in the first and lose in the second, then they'll do a third and have a big long ass plateau because your body needs it, you know, equal and opposite reaction. You're losing a lot of weight. The body needs a lot of time to adjust to that weight. Some people have, they like lose little bits and then have plateaus and lose little bits and have plateaus. And some people lose in big chunks, but then they also tend to have big plateaus. And some people lose, like lose a lot in a couple months and then they'll have a couple months worth of plateaus. And everybody's body is a little different. And so this is something we're definitely going to talk a lot about. Um, it's not going to be all like rah, rah, sisping, ba, go, go, go. Everyone's losing. Uh, a lot of people will really struggle along the way. They'll get frustrated. Um, but the, where, what we want to do is figure out what you can do about it. Where's your body at? What's it focused on? What does it need to kind of keep that scale moving? Because again, this is why it's so important to read the science behind the program, the process. There's zero science 
that says it's impossible for you to lose weight because your body doesn't want to store excess fat because any extra fat is hard and unhealthy on the body. So if it's because, you know, it's because of health issues, because of your hormones being out of whack, because you have thyroid issues, because you're a diabetic, because you have digestive issues, because of any health issue in general, your body doesn't want this fat any more than you do. It's that there are some things that if you are not focusing on them or helping the body with them can definitely slow the process. Process. And stress is a big one, man. You can be stressing and revving and not sleeping and you can be eating all the things and doing all the stuff. And if you're not helping the body manage the stress and get better sleep, not more sleep, but better sleep, that could be really working against you, you know? Um, someone, um, someone actually yesterday, I did a whole ask me anything ask me anything on my Instagram story. And they're like, what would you say to people who gained weight during your program? And so, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about these things. Like I'm, I'm again, I'm here to help people who are done. They want to lose their weight in a healthy way, finally and forever. The program works. And so first of all, the first thing I thought of was like, well, did you stick around for the whole thing? Cause it's so normal for your weight to go up and, and people will perceive like my weight went like, you know, I, my, my weight's gone up four pounds since I started this program. Like I'm gaining weight. This doesn't work. Well, it's so normal. Whenever you're making any kind of change for your weight to go up, um, you know, just as your body out of stress. Plus you could have been getting your menstrual cycle. So your weight was up because of that. You probably also could have started an exercise program. So your weight is up because of that. And also your weight could have been on its way down. So your weight was because of that. Do you know what I mean? But because someone's new to the program, it's like, how do I explain all of that? I, I explain it. It's like, how do you get them to believe that? So like your program sucks. I just gained weight when I did it. So that, that's my first question to someone would be like, well, did you actually go follow through in the end? You know, because if you're asking me what I say to people who gain weight during the program, you know, because we talk about this all the time. Um, but you know, um, lots of, lots of reasons, you know, why people won't lose on the program because their bodies are so hot mess, you know, really broken down years of dieting, you know, health issues that they're dealing with. But the reality is that's just putting time into helping your body get to a place where it's even able to focus on fat loss in general. But again, 90, something like 96% of people who did our, who filled out the survey did our winter program lost weight. So you are talking about a small percentage. So you will hear me talk and address people who are frustrated a lot. And because I'm not afraid to have those conversations and because most people are doing great on the program, it may seem like a lot of people are really struggling, but you know, the majority of people go on and do quite well. But also there's something to be said about health issues. This is what I want to talk about. Yesterday on that, on my Instagram, I talked about how my weight was going up last fall. And if you were actually following along in the fall program, you would have seen my weight go up. Uh, my weight went up about 20 pounds and I was so stubborn about knowing what I needed to do. And I just thought it was stress, wine, because I was under a lot of stress. I had a stressful summer and, you know, all these things. And, um, and then also I was getting old. My, everyone kept telling me I'm 50. So it's hard. It's you're 50, you know. I'm like, okay, I kind of know what to do there, but like, whatever. I was so stubborn about thinking I knew what I needed to do. And I added in supplements and it helped. And I did this. Anyway, I, went, I go to my doctor and I have to take antibiotics. I have this thing going on. I have to take antibiotics. So, and then I had to end up taking two rounds of antibiotics. So the whole time I was here so stubborn thinking I knew what I needed to do that I didn't go visit my doctor. And it turns out that that's now since I took the antibiotics and, you know, I've given my body time and continuing to focus on my stress and my health, my weight is coming back down. And now I'm feeling, I, you know, I'm feeling so much better, but that's me and I know what I'm doing and then my program works. So, you know, sometimes we do need to go to our doctor. So it's a great idea. If you feel like you're struggling, like if your weight isn't moving and it's too early to tell right now, 
Like we get to week like six, week seven, and your weight isn't moving and you're also not seeing any non-scale victories, then you definitely want to be heading to the doctor and, and, and working hand in hand with your doctor in general and just making sure that you're doing the things that you need to do and you're, and you're focusing on the things you need to focus on, right? So, so if you think you have hormone issues, go see an endocrinologist, go see a hormone expert. Do you know what I mean? Along with doing the program, you know, if you have thyroid issues, make sure you're checking in with your doctor along the way because it's not unusual to have to adjust your medication. Same thing if you're, if you, you know, if you're living with diabetes, make sure you're checking in with your doctor and you're checking your blood sugars even more often because of the changes that you're making in the program, you know? It's a great idea to be proactive about that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When I was in Weight Watchers, I thought it was the best. I learned now... I was bound to fail. I did not eat well when on the program. Yeah. I mean, I, I try not to know. I spend too much time knocking other diets, but I know some of these diets were a big part of the, of your lives. Um, I, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who started Weight Watchers when they were 12. Their mom got them into Weight Watchers. You know what I mean? And, you know, spent their entire lives, um, you know, buying into the lifetime membership of Weight Watchers. And the thing is, is that it doesn't, it doesn't teach you how to eat, right? Let's even talk about the fact that you, we have had conversations about Ozempic and let's, let's talk about that for a second. I, I'm, apt, I'm actually pro Ozempic for people who, um, have been prescribed it from their doctors due to diabetes. People have been taking that for a while and doing the program and having di- you know, living with diabetes and doing the program. And I think, um, this is a great program to do while you are taking Ozempic. Um, or any prescription drugs because of any, any health issues that you have. This program is a great compliment, especially when it comes to weight loss, because it's, it's really all about losing weight in a healthy way, right? So, so Weight Watchers doesn't never taught you how to eat. That's the problem. People, how many people have I talked to that save their points? So they can drink wine, save their points so they can just eat a big meal at the end of the day. Like it doesn't teach you to be in tune to your body's needs. It doesn't teach you about normal fluctuations on scale. Now they're starting to talk about that. And I swear they have a spy in our program. I, I just sometimes because I follow them to see what's going on. Sometimes I'm just like, mm, really? Like all of a sudden you're coming out of the blue saying this kind of stuff, which is great. Listen, there's more than enough room for everybody to help everyone on this journey. And you know, I only wish they they put out, you know, look less bullshit information, but, um, you know, it doesn't teach you, it never taught you how to be in tune to your body's needs. How you cannot, you cannot lose. This is bigger than just weight, the weight watchers. You can not lose your weight in a healthy, um, sustainable way by being outside of yourself and counting, weighing and measuring. It's not out here. It's not something you can math away. 
it, it's not, it's not about math. It's, it's about being in tune, in tune because your body knows what you need. It knows when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. And it's not trying to make you fat. It's trying to make you as healthy as possible, but can only do so much given the resources you're giving it and the time that you're giving it and the things that you're asking it to do. Do you know what I mean? So you can't count and weigh your me- and measure your way into a healthy, sustainable, maintainable weight loss. You can't do it. You have to be in tune. That's why, you know, that's why we don't count and we don't weigh and we don't measure because it doesn't teach you anything. It's not sustainable and you shouldn't have to try so hard to in order to ma- lose weight, first of all, and maintain your weight at the end of the day once you lose it, you know? Also, I'm not into like, if you go to the Weight Watchers, so Weight Watchers, again, they don't want you to act, they're all, they sit around in boardrooms and talk about member retention. It's Weight Watchers isn't a person who cares about you losing weight. Weight Watchers is a big company that cares about their stockholders and how much money they're making, which is why they've done this massive pivot into like, you know, first of all, they revamped their thing because it wasn't working. So then they revamped it, tried to be wellness, wasn't working. They lost so much money. And then now they're like, they, their stocks tank by 80%. Now they're buying into Ozempic. They don't give a fuck about you losing your weight in a healthy way. And so this is all about member retention. That's why they shovel shit down your throat in terms of their, go to their Instagram accounts. If this is about wellness, where's the fruit? Where's the vegetables? Where's the protein? No, you go to Weight Watchers and their Instagram and they're trying to tell you how to eat muffins and cakes and you know what I mean? Have all the foods that you want. Do you know what I mean? And still lose weight too. And the reality is, yeah, you may lose weight by counting weight measure, but you're going to get it all back plus more and they want you to. They want you to. You know what I mean? But people get stuck on the bigger conversation is, and this is why it's so important not to continue to do that weird diet shit while you're doing this program. I know some of you straight up still counting. You're still weighing. You're still measuring. You're still fasting. You're still going high protein. You're still going low carb. You're still doing all of that stuff. And, you know, it's really important to understand that that stuff never worked, but you perceive it worked. Every time you lost weight doing a diet, you perceive that it worked for you. And then when you gain that weight back, you blamed yourself. And then you repeat it again. I did the diet. It worked for me. I gained it back my fault. And the diet industry, this, they know this and they feed off of that. You know, and they dig that knife in even deeper to make you believe it's your fault. Well, you didn't, you didn't keep counting. You didn't keep following. You didn't keep whatever. You made choices. You had a bagel for breakfast. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why we think carbs make us fat. Eating food, healthy foods, including carbohydrates, breads and pastas do not make you fat. They don't. Now, the reason why we suggest that you limit them while losing is because it helps kind of speed things along if you can minimize them while you're trying to lose them, but they don't cause you to gain weight. It's the fact that you starved yourself, deprived yourself, and forced your body to burn fat. You could have eaten the healthiest food in the world after you lost weight that way. You were always going to gain it back. And it has nothing to do with the bagel, but they like to make you believe that, right? So, so you know, this is where that deep belief is, is that the, the those diets work for you, but it's your fault you gained it back. And this is why I say, you know, if you've been trying to lose weight for 20 years, you didn't fail anything. You didn't fail anything. You are persistent. You are, you got willpower. You're still showing up. You're still doing it. You know what I mean? It's those diets they failed you at the can you talk about bypass surgery in the program? My sister had bypass and is having a very difficult time digesting the vegetables with the amount of food. Um, I mean, that's not really my forte, but if like I need more context here. So um, about bypass surgery in the program, like are you talking about heart bypass surgery? Are you talking about like 
Do you know what I mean? Are, are, are you talking about bariatric surgery? Like, what do you, what do you, I'm assuming that you're talking about heart bypass. And so maybe if you're just coming off surgery like that, because your body would be in a state of stress or your sister, um, it's not the time to focus on weight loss. Do you know what I mean? Vegetables are very hard to digest for a lot of people because they, because they're hard to digest. And the issue is don't have them. The issue is strengthening your digestive system. So someone who's come off some hardcore surgery, probably taking a lot of antibiotics and a lot of drugs that are messing with their microbiome. And so they don't have the enzymes, the digestive enzymes in order to break down those foods. And so we're going to actually talk to Dr. Paul next week about things that you can add in like um, digestive bitters, for example. You know, people take enzymes like pills. Digestive bitters get a little bit more into like actually helping the issue rather than digestive enzymes that kind of put a band-aid on things. Um, you know, um, apple cider vinegar, for example, that's good bacteria that can help with digestion. The uh, le- lemon have that's enzyme-based that can help with digestion. The more raw foods um, that you add into your diet, the more digestive enzymes are created. Um, but if you're coming in with your body being at a deficit, either from starving and depriving and robbing it of nutrients, you know what I mean? Or coming off like some sort of health issues like chemotherapy, cancer, that type of thing, or major surgery, or coming off, you know, lots of antibiotics for whatever reason, your digestive system, you know, your microbiome, which we're learning a lot more about, we have a science post on, um, is so important to build up and strengthen that because you can be eating all the healthy foods in the world. If your body isn't breaking down, it's like, like, you know, as efficiently as it could be, it's not getting the nutrients from those foods. And this is also where we talk about supplements next week. So I I can't really talk more than that because I don't know your sister and I I don't know where she's at. I had to have so many questions on that, but um, try cooking the foods. So so that would be one I would suggest digestive bitters, but coming off, I don't know what medication she's on or where she's at. So I'm really hesitant to suggest anything. Um, I'd suggest you watch the segment with Dr. Paul. We're going to talk about supplements. This is not a supplement program. You do not have to take them to be successful, but I would be remiss not to suggest ones that can be really beneficial on the most basic level when it comes to how your body is, 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 is functioning for sure. Um, but we definitely do talk a lot, put a massive focus on digestion, but people will say, well, I can just get what I want from the foods I'm eating. And the problem with that is, for example, if you're deficient in magnesium, which most people are, the majority of people are deficient in magnesium, your body needs it just to function optimally and to process your foods and to get energy and all of that. So important. I mean, you need it. And if you're deficient in magnesium, it can really hinder your body's ability to focus on fat loss. And people will be like, well, I'll just get it from my foods. I'm eating all this healthy food. The problem is, is that you'd have to specifically curate your diet to ensure Sure that you are getting enough magnesium in the foods that you're eating to account for breaking them down, how much they would actually have in them to begin with, breaking them down and your body's ability to absorb and utilize those. And that's where supplementation comes in is to kind of fill in the blanks until your body is better able to get the nutrients from the foods that your body, like we are talking weight loss. So it has to be real, real about that. So there's a couple of things that we assume. That if you're here to lose weight, um, chances are you've done a lot of crappy, shitty diets that, let's face it, didn't make you healthier. They, they start, you starved yourself, you deprived yourself, you robbed your body of nutrients. Do you know what I mean? Not having any carbohydrates that your body needs. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Um, or, or you, or you have, you, you carry excess fat in the body, which causes all sorts of health issues, you know? And I, I don't like to rag on that, but it's why we have a lot of people doing the program. We assume you have health issues because if you're here to lose weight and lose 
a lot of weight. Usually there's health issues that come along with that at the end of the day, you know? So, so sometimes people need to supplement. They need to fill in the blanks to, to, to help their body function at a level that, you know, it needs help functioning at until it's able to repair and rebuild and regenerate and rejuvenate and get to a place uh, where it doesn't need that anymore. So we are going to talk about supplements next week. Uh, is it possible to be drinking too much water? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But if you're talking about high, like, if you're talking about hyperhydremia, like, if you're talking about like too much water with the point you're going to die, um, you'd have to, like, you would know you were doing that. You'd literally have to shove so much water down your throat that you would like, you'd, you'd be forcing the situation. There is something to be said about not drinking too much water, but not getting enough sodium in your diet. So you'll notice we have a post on low sodium. And so you want to make sure like your, your, um, your like hydration, your soda, your sodium levels, your electrolytes are, are balanced. So this is why if you're drinking more water, it's a great idea to add in some trace minerals or make sure you're getting salt in your diet. Now, people have to be mindful of low sodium levels because they're taking certain medications um, because, you know, as you get older, that can be an issue too. So people perceive, oh, I'm drinking so much water. It's it's not. It's, it's in reality, it's the fact that when you follow a program like this, you're eating a lot less processed foods. And then people who are mindful or had to be mindful about sodium levels are not salting their foods when you need salt in your diet. Um, so no one should be drinking excess amounts of water or more than what they need. And that is really important. Um, it's not about drinking more and more and more water. It's about making sure you're drinking enough. And the reality is most people need to be concerned about dehydration. And as more science comes out, we're really, really, really realizing how detrimental dehydration People need to be worried about dehydrating themselves, not over drinking water, right? At the end of the day, that that's more detrimental to your health and more people deal with health issues based on dehydration rather than overhydration. Overhydration, you have to really jam water down your throat and really drink excess of what you need. But sometimes on the program, people get a little carried away thinking more is more. And, you know, I was talking about this yesterday. Someone said, you know, well, I'm drinking X amount of water. You know, is that good? Like, I don't know you. I don't know how, I don't know how tall you are. I don't know how much weight you have to lose. I don't know health issues that you have. I don't know what environment you live in. I don't know how often you're sweating. I don't know anything about you. So I can't tell you how much to drink. What I can tell you is that science now suggest, even though I'm talking about this for like 30 years, no one listened, but whatever, um, is now suggesting that 2.7 to three and a half liters, basic body function. That's basic body function. That's not optimal health. That's like, so you don't like, so you you function, you know what I mean? And so then you want to take into account, are you taller than average, shorter than average? Do you have a lot of weight to lose? Do you have a little amount of weight to lose? Are you super active? Do you live in a dry environment? Do you take medications? Do you know what I mean? Are you drinking alcohol? You know, did you have salty foods? You know, are you sweating? Like, so this is where you need to be every single day assessing your situation when it comes to your water. Most people are just really surprised how much more water they, they need than what they've been drinking at the end of the day. So most people don't have to worry about drinking too much. I've been averaging 4.4 liters daily, continue with my meals and snacks, sleeping approximately 6.5 hours, but my scale only moves 0.5 up and down. So, so, so I'm not sure what you drinking, the question of drinking more water has to do with your scale. See what I'm saying? And this is where people think, well, I need more and more and more and more because my scale isn't moving. So there is kind of a bounce back effect with your scale is going up and down, up and down. Plus, you are feeling the signs and signals of detox that can indicate that you, and you're thirsty, 
right? Drink a little bit more water. That can be a sign that you need to drink a little bit more water, right? And you're going to come to kind of pick up on your body's cues as you go. So, but that's what if I'm not sure, is it possible drinking too much water? And why does that have anything to do with how much you're sleeping and the scale moving for you? You know what I mean? So, so this is not a water program. Your weight loss is not solely dependent on the water that you're drinking. In fact, some people can't drink the amount of water suggested because um, they have either have kidney issues or they, you know, have, have whatever it, kind of issues that they have where they have to be mindful about the water that they're drinking. So you want to make sure that you are drinking as, as much as you can to be as hydrated as possible for your body's needs at the end of the day. There's lots of other things that you can do to like, what are your stress levels like? Are you making sure you're eating to satisfaction? Are you making your food choices nutrient rich? Are you moving your body? Are you going to the gym every single day and pounding the shit out of your body and your body's sore every day and you're not giving your body rest? Do you know what I mean? Or is your body changing right now? And so yes, the scale isn't moving, but you're noticing all these other things happening. So as much, I can tell you one thing, we're going to actually talk about, um, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, water with Dr. Pfeiffer on Friday. So that's a whole separate thing, but here's what I want to tell you. Cause I got to go, you're not going to lose weight on your timeline. You're going to be frustrated because your body's not going to do what you want. And so you can do your best to support your body and to guide it and to maximize your efforts and, and do all the things, but your, your body's not going to work on your demand. It's just, it's not how it's going to go at the end of the day. So your body is going to take the resources that you are giving it and it's going to do what it feels like it needs to do in order to make you as healthy as possible. You have to trust that in making you as healthy as possible, it doesn't want this fat. And a lot of times people believe that their body it just wants to make them fat and the body wants the fat and the body's holding onto fat. That's not the truth. You're, you're just, you're just kidding yourself. That's not it at all. You're, you're just using that as an excuse. The reality is, is that if your body's feeling you need to store fats, cause you told it to long periods of time without eating, high stress, lack of sleep, not managing this, not managing that, taking antibiotics, not helping your digestive system recover from that. All those years of dieting, do you know what I mean? That you've told your body to store fat, which is why it's storing the fat. So now you have to send the opposite message. And for some people, you're gonna have to send that opposite message for a few few weeks now, few more weeks still until your body actually gets around to focusing on fat loss. But trust, if the scale isn't moving, your body's working on other things that are going to get that scale to move at the end of the day. So when you are doing all of that, I hear this so often, I'm doing everything, my scale's not moving, what am I doing wrong? You're not necessarily doing anything wrong. First of all, you got to get really real with yourself, really real with yourself. And I, I do want to have an honest conversation with that. Because some people will be like, and we're going to talk about maximizing in the weeks to come, which is such a cool conversation. It's like a whole checklist of all the things you can be doing. If you have the book or go into the app, go into the maximizing guide, or you go into the book, there's this like huge, like 10 page checklist of things you can actually be doing to get the scale to move. So if you're wondering, what more can I do? It's in here. It's like right now we like to just focus on the basics, but there's this huge checklist of maximizing, which is all the things, look at all these things that you can do, all of this, all these things, if you you can't see it, you're listening, but um, that you can do to be proactive. And this is where you got to get real. Like, are you drinking enough water or are you just drinking more water than you're used to? Are you actually making your food choices nutrient rich? Are you just eating a salad every day at lunch? Because if you're eating a salad every day at lunch, that's not it. It's not about salads. Do you know what I mean? Are you like going for a walk, like, you know, for like 10 minutes, you know, every other day with your dog, but you know, thinking that you're exercising because you're not, that's not right. Like, it's great if you can only move your body that much, but you know, that's not going to give you the same effect of getting your heart rate up or doing some resistance. You know, are you saying that you sleep fine, but you're waking up and dragging your ass and you're tired every fucking day and you just stayed up last night and watched Netflix? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you like, you got to get really real with yourself, right? Like, are you following the food plan, but you're still letting bites and bits in? 
are you skipping meals and snacks? But like, I'm doing it because you're doing more than you're. And again, I'm generalizing talking to anybody, not any one person, but do you know what I mean? This is where you've got to get really real with yourself. Like, are, is it equal and opposite reaction? Are my actions adding up to the things that I want to see happen on the scale? Do you know? And if you are legit doing all the things, then you know that you can trust. It's just your body focused on other things and it will get around to focusing on, on moving that scale at the end of the day. I gotta go, you guys. Um, I know there's so many, it's, let's, talk about premier protein is it considered a fluid intake is it okay to add i am not a fan of premier protein i I think it's become this new tiktok fad of adding it to your coffee honestly you really want to avoid artificial flavors artificial colors and just it's not necessary um you really want to chew your food chew your food and, and get your proteins from whole foods um, I'm absolutely like, just make it be very clear now. You, you can add it in if you want. I am not a fan of, of premier protein. If you're going to buy protein powder, buy it from the health food store or health food section. Um, and you want to, you know, look for, you know, pretty, pretty simple ingredients. It doesn't matter how you get your protein. There's different types. There's hemp protein, whey protein, soy protein, milk, like there's, you know, whey just means it's like soy, like milk-based protein. There's, there's pea protein. There's so many different proteins out there. Um, you want to really watch the ingredients in it. Um, you know, but I'm not a fan of it, but any kind of liquid that you're adding, but outside of that, any kind of liquid that you're adding to your diet counts towards water, except alcohol, because alcohol is very dehydrating. Um, but a lot of things aren't like a lot of people will ask like for example like v8 juice they like their v8 juice does that can you can you switch out your vegetables for your v8 juice no you can't so anything you're drinking like if you like to drink v8 juice you like to drink milk if you're taking like a greens plus or something like that then it does count towards your fluid intake but it doesn't replace your meal so hopefully that answers your questions there my scale is bouncing up and down between two to three pounds, but I'm always cold. You mentioned you could feel cold. Yeah. So this is when your body's releasing fat and also regulating body temperature. So it's normal to pick up on that. You're so in tune. You're prioritizing yourself. You're paying attention to yourself. You're so in tune. So you're going to pick up on a lot of things that you wouldn't normally pick up on, which is so super cool. But yeah, that's totally normal. I got to go, everyone. Um, I love this conversation. I love our conversations every day. I hope that you keep showing up. We're going to have some really interesting, fascinating, deep, real ass conversations. Uh, these lives are a great opportunity because of the questions that you ask to have these deeper levels of, you know, um, conversations that are going to give you a deeper level of understanding about what you're doing here. Of course, all the information that you need is in the book and then the app and, you know, posting the Facebook support group, but this is like a whole other level. So thank you for joining me again. Thank you for anyone who asked a question or comments. Again, when I, when I answer, it's definitely generalizing, keeping in mind the thousands of people that are listening. And I just want to thank you for putting it out there. Please don't Please don't stop commenting. Please don't stop asking questions, even though I might not have gotten to your question. And if you need a written response, pop it over in the question of the day page. The team will get to it there. And remember, you can download and listen to this podcast over on our way in with you podcast. Have an amazing day. And I'll check you later. Bye.